This is Up Your RPG, helping you up your role-playing game. In this episode, character trait or trope, is your hook hokey? So you've given your new character a certain pattern of speech, maybe an accent or even a catchphrase. These can really help you jump into that personality, but they can be too much, or in some cases even annoying. Where's the line between character device and story derailment? Let's get to it. Hey folks, welcome to Up Your RPG. My name's Arthur. As always, I'm here with Michael and Emily. And today we are joined by our Under the Library compatriot, Scott. Scott, welcome. And Michael, take us away. Yeah, so Daddy Scott, I hear that in one of your more recent campaigns, you've designed this character, but some aspects of it may have uh, given you pause, given you some internal dialogue. And I was wondering if you could Take us through that and maybe what uh, what sent you down that pathway. Sure, sure. Yeah, so I, we're, we started a new D&D campaign. We had taken our last campaign through 20 and uh, we, we just had really fun sort of overpowered kind of characters. It was great, but then we retired them and jumped into a new campaign, went all the way down to one. And my last character I'd fallen in love with. And so... I wanted to just do something completely different. And so I went for a shtick, um, fully admit that I did. I just, I, his name is daddy and D A D I. And he is, I just, I thought I could play him and be a little funny and just play all sorts of goofy jokes. Like his catchphrase in battle was going to be, who's your daddy. And of course, you know, just, you know, tell daddy how you like it. And I just really tried to play it up in a way that I thought would be sort of entertaining. And then I thought I would retire those jokes really quickly. Um, but because I'm an idiot, people kept laughing. And so I kept making the jokes and then other people started making the jokes art and others <laughs> all started making the jokes. <laughs> no, and, that would never know, happen. Yeah. Come, yeah, yeah. Daddy come spake them. And just like, we like, it just has gotten really goofy. And so it, 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 like the notion of it giving me pause or at least causing some internal dialogue is that, you know, at some point I, I never want to play a character who's just a shtick, right? I don't want to play a character who's who I, I won in a previous episode, I mentioned like, I don't want to play a character that becomes a caricature of themselves. And when you've got a joke like this, it can really quickly get tired. And so, you know, sometimes when it's funny, interesting, it becomes a part of the character. Um, but in this case, the whole beginning premise was just a joke. And it's, you know, it's a couple games in, or a couple whatever weeks in and I'm sort of still doing it because it's still there. And so it just, it just, it, I found it to be sort of interesting because I hadn't intended to make it go as long as it was, but again, because I'm so stupid, every time people left, I'm like, I'm going to make another one. <laughs> so. so I have a question. Does daddy have a backstory outside um, of his actually, joking nature? He does. Okay. I mean, he actually has a backstory that it you know, it has nothing to do with just goofy jokes about who's your daddy. Like I actually, cause I tend to develop stories for characters yeah. and then, and, and try and go a little bit, you know, deep with them. Um, no jokes there, Michael. And the, you know, I think part of this experience for me, part of what's been funny about this is that 
the backstory that I sort of have for him is completely overshadowed by all these ridiculous jokes. Like the character yeah. disappeared in the humor, which again is okay. It's sort of fun. And, and especially because it's a, it's supposed to be a one-off campaign. And so the characters are teeny bit of a throwaway. It's not the worst thing, but if we were playing, if I, if it winds up that I keep this character longer, um, you know, I don't know that I'll keep the name. I don't know that I'll keep the character because I do feel like he's just become nothing but a shtick. Okay. And the reason I asked that question is actually because I was wondering if you, in your next session, really threw yourself into that backstory, pulled some of that out, if you could switch the focus of the rest of the players, like the way they view your character. Because at this point, I think that it's the group that's perpetuating daddy jokes. <laughs> oh, I'm than... guilty too. It's not just that. Okay. I mean, it's all of us because they're stupid okay. funny, right? And there's a part of it. Art, tell me if you agree with this because you're obviously there. Like, the other story just it 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 was wonderful, but it went a long time and it got serious and we got like so deep down into it that now it just feels fun being like totally different characters doing something totally different. Right. Like your character's radically different than the last time. And, you know, just the whole feel is different. So there's a part of me that's like, you know, I'm actually still enjoying it. My worry is that at some point it's going to become only funny to me. And then that's awful. Then I feel like an asshole doing that to people at the table. Like, I don't want to be the only person laughing at my jokes. That's miserable. So, you know, what is that line and how do you find that line? And because we work together all the time, we, we have so much fun together. I feel like we know each other and know that line. But that's also part of why I would never game with people that weren't close friends of mine, because if someone showed up and they were doing something really awkward or obnoxious, I would like just probably shut down on them like I wouldn't go back I gotta my follow-up would be uh, how does your GM feel uh, about the fact that these daddy jokes become a significant focus knowing this parts of this group at least right that they they all of a sudden kind of derail narrative for a while while you kind of work through your daddy issues <laughs> well played do you want to take that art well i mean i i think that we're sort of in a unique position um and i think that we're trying to use this example to illustrate a point but for us we're in a group that's been together a really long time we're all very close friends and we would be very comfortable saying something if someone felt uncomfortable or felt like it was uh, the story was being derailed we're also completely comfortable with the story being completely derailed and actually <laughs> this campaign totally yeah uh, this campaign doesn't yet really have a lot of story built into it uh it, like scott said it was it was started off as as a one-off as sort of a palate cleanser between campaigns after a very very long campaign that i think we were all kind of ready to get out of um so i think for us it's it's a completely different story for most other groups. I, I think that an issue like this would have to be talked about a little bit. And if you're going to do something like this, you would want to really understand the table and understand the people at the table before you started making daddy jokes, um, because that can quickly um, become irritating or even offensive That's to good. someone. It, it, really quickly, just to follow up um, that you know, I wouldn't even say it's implied because it's overt. 
we play with a level of consent at the table, right? Like yeah. we know each other. We've, we've set boundaries. We've said what is and is not okay. We actually use like the X guard kind of half joke, but still seriously, because there's things that are and are not okay. So we've gone out of the way to communicate what is and is not acceptable for us. Um, and that's a big part of why we can be as idiotic as we are, because we know where the line is and everyone is incredibly respectful of that line. But I, I also like to go back to something that you pointed out. I think you're you're pretty conscientious of the fact that like when daddy wears thin, right, that you're going to make some sort of change. You don't want him to get to the point, yeah. which is kind of what we're talking about, right, where it overshadows. Right now, you're OK with it overshadowing the backstory, but you don't want it to overshadow the game. Yeah. And so you're trying to you're just trying to like make sure that that line doesn't get crossed. So I thought that that was kind of an important thing that you pointed out. So what would you do, Scott? Um, let's say, because there are we are talking about possibly continuing with these characters, um, what options would you look at if you felt like, okay, I'm enjoying the, the mechanic of this character, I like the character's backstory, we haven't gotten there yet, but this this daddy thing is sort of getting in the way of us being able to move forward, what are some of the things that you would consider doing if we do decide to keep this character around? Yeah, great question. So, I mean, it, 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 I think when I stop making the jokes, they'll peter out eventually, and then they'll just be callbacks. And I'm good with that because it'll never not be funny, right? Like, it's one of those things that, that like, if you think about some of the, my last character's name was beagle like there were some beagle things that just were there for years and mm -hmm. the callbacks to them were just generally funny like you had the same stuff so a callback is fine if if by some chance someone didn't let go of it and was consistently making the jokes i just give them a quick call and say hey you know what i'm sort of enjoying this character that was fun and it was goofy for a while but if you don't mind i'd like to sort of tamp that stuff down because it, it feels like we've played it out mm -hmm. um so i never again I, the, the notion of consent for me at the table is a really big deal. And so in this case, I, you know, I have every right to sort of say, yeah, we were doing that, but now it's not really there anymore. So the callbacks are great, but let's just not make that the, the focus at this point. Mm -hmm. And there's no one that we game with where I would feel like they're not going to be amenable to that conversation. Cause to be honest, if, if they were, they wouldn't last have lasted at our table. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And I think this kind of leads to uh, to something else we wanted to bring up in, in this episode that I would suggest that another possible op option for that would be to just speak with your GM, speak with the table and just decide to change the name of the character uh, so that the temptation is just gone and you can move on from it. You know, admit that, OK, you know, maybe this was a shtick and, and I want to move away from that, but I want to keep the backstory and the mechanics of the character. So let's just uh, name the dude something else, which yeah, in, feels... in a private table is pretty easy to do, um, it, you know, in something like our show um, under the library, that might be a little bit harder, but we actually did run into a situation where we had a character that was named something that maybe was a little, um, shall we say, short-sighted, um, that, um, <laughs> that, uh, that became a running joke and was really hard because we are such idiots. Um, we had a difficult time getting past making jokes about this name. So, Michael, a, a question for you. How did you feel when you realized that this uh, that, that had gone too far and that you, that you had made a horrible mistake? And there was a point where you 
said, okay, enough. We need to move past this. I'd love to hear your side of, of what that, what, what that was like, um, as a process for you. Yeah. So, uh, to all GMs out there, never, ever, ever name an NPC Richard when you have a table that's immature like us. <laughs> no, and I, you know, it, it was funny because I, I wanted, I wanted this character to reference Richard Feynman, right? Um, I, I wanted it to kind of have that Los Alamos reference. And so I'd gone back. I was all proud of the backstories there because I, I wanted them to all kind of have this referential past or at least talk about what happened in Los Alamos and the physicists there and things. And boy, was that just like, that was just short-sighted of me in so many ways, right? Because our group just ate that up. And um, so- Are you the, doing this on purpose? I have to ask. I just, I just wanted to see how long you could go till you cracked. That's all. The, the first, from the, from the first moment on. So, so you held out for a while there, Scott. Uh, but I mean, for me, it, it was, it was definitely like, it's, it was great. Cause it was like, it was funny for a while. It poked fun at me. It was, it was like kind of an awesome moment that I underestimated in terms of the ramifications. And then there was the episode that, uh, Emily missed. And yeah. And Emily, did you ever, just quickly, did you ever listen to it? Oh, I did because okay. I needed to take the notes so that I could give right. the summary in the next episode. Okay. And there was a point in my notes where I just stopped writing notes <laughs> and just wrote 10 minutes of dirty jokes. Yeah. And then we picked up again later because it was a little excessive. And, and so I kind of realized at that point, right, like I, it was it was just like you're saying with daddy, like, right, that joke, it it died right there in that episode. It had run its course. And fortunately, the character died very soon thereafter as well. Um, it wasn't because of his name that I killed him off. But I think like I think in the episode, I was mostly serious but kind of joking and i was like this guy's richard and we just got to stick with that everybody's got to call him richard or something really bad is going to happen to your character and so i felt like that was a really kind of like okay we we addressed it like we've got to move past the the d joke on this guy but it was also kind of a light funny moment and being like and i'm gonna take it out on your character if you bust this guy's chops anymore and and so i you know i hope that was a reasonable solution and you know certainly kind of a moment where we like found the end of a joke i think we found it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and and i think with you know we are kind of children um uh, and, and with children you need to to sometimes put up very distinct boundaries and, <laughs> and that's what you needed to do for us and it did it did work um it, it was difficult to um to refrain sometimes uh, because it's it's surprising how many opportunities there are to make that particular joke um, the, and we're very creative, especially so. when it's on the tip of your lips. I mean, you just were like so close. <laughs> well, the, I know they can get out of hand really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is how we go. Um, but I, I think that that's, that's a good example of, uh, you know, there are ways to get out of it when you realize you've made a mistake. Um, and so speaking of that, that same campaign where, um, you know, Scott has his character named daddy, 
I was expecting this to be a one-off as well. So the character that I created was very much a throwaway character. I just sort of threw her together and had this really basic hook um, to basically give me something to think about when I was getting into character, but not planning on this being an ongoing thing. Um, so I, this goes back to something that I've, I've gone to a number of times um, on this show, and that's I, I really like when you can have a character that you can grow with and, that, and grow into. So on its own, this character, and I don't want to tell Scott, I'm being vague about it because I, I haven't revealed to the group who this character is based on yet um but the character is based on a character like a pop culture character um and i like i said i was not planning on continuing this beyond like one or two play sessions but now that we're continuing to go with this and we're talking about bringing these characters into other spaces I can see some room for growth and development with this character. So when there are times when it, you have a, ho- a, a hook or a trope or a, you know some sort of accent, if you can leave the character open in a sense that lets you grow a little bit, it can actually, in my opinion, what you can wind up with a better experience because you're not hemmed in by something that you've created before. Uh, so said this before, while I really love coming up with a, a rich backstory and a rich personality, sometimes it can actually be beneficial um, to have sort of a shell rather than, you know, something really fleshed out so that you can then learn and grow with that, uh, like I'm hoping to do with this character. Emily, you want to jump in with uh, some observations or experiences that kind of line up with what uh, what's going on? Well, um, I actually, so coming into this, I didn't think I had any personal examples, but as we were just talking, I rem- like of my own characters, I remembered one. So um, there, I'll, I will share that. There was- I'm on the edge of my seat, because I think <laughs> of your characters as never hitting that edge. So I'm yeah. curious now. Well, so this isn't like a dirty joke edge. It's just a different sort of edge, I think. Um, but- Towards the beginning of our play, before we started our main campaign, we did a number of one-offs that, with our group, were never one-offs, but they were shorter-term plays. And I will say I didn't know what my character's job meant, and I thought an alienist at the time was a person who uh, studied aliens. So I actually created machinery, like like tools that this person would use to try to sense creatures, Cthulian, Lovecraftian creatures that he thought were aliens and such. And during the game or during the, the, the time period, I had actually a person from the group out of game tell me that some of my uh, tool usage was too much, was like stealing focus and a kind of annoying. Hmm. So I just sort of focused on other parts of the character and I didn't really use those specific things anymore because they weren't integral to our plot. It was just something that I built into the character. We were not actually searching for one of these particular creatures. So we didn't lose anything for my leaving that aside. Interesting. That's the example I thought of. Huh? I mean, I, I remember that that very specifically, and I don't remember that being 
um, you know, being too much of a focus. I, I actually thought it was kind of a cool hook. Um, but well, the, I did too. It's 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 interesting that <laughs> um, that that you know, especially considering our group, that um, that anyone would um, would have an issue with it. But uh, see, so, you know, I'm going to have to go back and really think about that. Yeah, um, I've got so many questions now. I just have so many. I, I'm just trying to. I don't remember you overusing anything, but okay. I. The, well, that's my memory's it. also like about this long. So yeah, same. Uh, yeah, I, I just remember the alienist thing mm-hmm. and telling you what an alienist was. But now I actually don't remember what an yeah. alienist is. I believe it's it's an investigator. It's an investigator. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I was the one who was the uh, the jerk who had to point that out um, because I <laughs> only because I had read the book, The Alienist. Um, I remember that, now. which is yeah. it's great. It's super fun. Um, set in like turn of the century New York, uh, and there's it's the oh. Alienist and something else. I forget what the sequel is, um, but it's about this this uh, like really old school private investigator um, and some like early investigative techni- techniques like fingerprints when fingerprints weren't really a thing, and uh, it's and how it, how it talks about the history of New York is really cool, um, which. I, and I read it when I first moved to New York, so it was all exciting, like oh, seeing the places wow. that they were talking about. And, anyway, yeah, super off track, but um, it, it it's surprising to me that um, that that was actually why you changed that character. But again, uh, you know, I, I go back to having that communication at the table and making sure that that everyone's comfortable and everyone's on the same page with something. Uh, so, it, if you have an issue with somebody, uh, talk to them about it. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe not call them out at the table um, if that doesn't seem like the right way to go. But, you know, side conversations in between play sessions are great. Uh, as long as they're handled with respect, um, with mutual respect, then that stuff is all going to add to um, uh, the bond at the table later on. Um, again, as long as it's done with respect and, and everyone's sort of working together to move the story forward. Yeah, it would be. I mean, the opposite take, though, or not opposite, but the the yeah, hit me, argue with me, that, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's argue <laughs> about. That. I want to argue about this because I mean, my take would have been, uh, from my vague memory here, would have been like, right? What if? What if Emily's like? But I want to. I want to play with these gadgets that I made, mm-hmm. and I don't think I'm overusing them. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know what conversation took place, but um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm also kind of taking that standpoint like what mm-hmm. if what if that's what she, she really wanted to explore with this character um so you know i i think that there that's worth that's worth kind of venturing into as well as if that had been really important it sounds like it kind of lost some steam though as you discovered what an alienist was and as we're all rediscovering it but yeah. um and, and that maybe that probably took some wind out of those sails as well yeah, I mean, and in retrospect, I probably should have spoken to you as the keeper to see if it was a, an accurate take or a take that the group shared, because I didn't just have to change my character. Yeah, but and that's, that's I didn't what pursue I would it, you know, so that was I, that was my bad in a way. I guess that's what I'm trying. That's that's a much see you say these things so much better. I was just trying to say, like, right, if you feel strongly about something at the table and one player is disagreeing with, with you on it, like, right, yeah. consult consult a third party. And it doesn't, you know, I don't I don't think there's any real power dynamics at our table. But, um, you know, always I think the 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 GM or the keeper's real job is to help mediate at the table. Mm-hmm. Right. 
we want good conflict. We want conflict that inspires action and great narratives and great stories. We don't want conflict that detracts from the table, which is um, essentially what we're talking about today. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree completely. And I, and I think that um, having you continue to, to play that character in the way that you wanted, would I would rather see you do that and just change the name to like Alien-er. Uh, you know, or some <laughs> like so, yeah, some yeah. other name. Yeah. We can make it up. It's it's our universe. We, we can or in our world, an alienist isn't an investigator. An alienist is a yeah. person who investigates aliens. Sure. Uh, that, that's a pretty easy. It, or I was just an alienist who was obsessed with aliens. Right? Yeah. Sure. Exactly. You yeah. investigate <laughs> aliens. That works too. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. I mean, oh. Oh, you want to really you close this out here? Bring I'm us home, Scott. I don't know if I'm going to close it. I always open it up. Um, but I think. <laughs> don't laugh at that um i think when you're at the table and you you come with strong feelings about one thing or another i also think there's a certain amount of grace you have to give everyone else at the table as well um like if you come in like i remember someone that we used to play with was like i never want to play with a paladin they just sort of flat out said it's awful playing with paladins i don't ever want any of you to ever pick an, a, a paladin oh, wow. to play mm -hmm. and it's like do you really get to make that decision for others? Do you really get to dictate that? That's, you know, that's not taking a, a trope or a shtick too far. That's literally saying this entire thing is now precluded from, from coming to the table. So I, I think part of having the right group dynamic is being able to have that conversation. But if you've got something like that, I think you also need to check yourself and be aware that you can't dictate terms to everyone else without running the risk of becoming unfair. That's going to put a wrap on this week's session of Up Your RPG. Thanks for joining us. You can always find us at upyourrpg.com. Hopefully we've contributed to your game. Now go find a table. Mm -hmm.